You're listening to the Rewilding Earth Podcast. The Rewilding Earth Podcast is supported by businesses such as Patagonia and Catula, the Whedon Foundation, and listeners like you. If you love the work Rewilding is doing, please consider donating at rewilding.org, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast while you're there. Today, Rewilding Institute Director John Davis takes us to Ibera, Argentina, where he interviewed Conservation Land Trust staffers Sofia Hainonen, Luli Macera, and Sebastian DiMartino about rewilding efforts in the region, including their work with jaguars, peccaries, macaws, and lowland tapirs. This is John Davis, Rewilding Earth Editor. I am honored and privileged to be right now in Ibera, the great wetlands park that Tompkins Conservation has been creating over the last decade and a half or so. I used to work for Doug and Chris Tompkins, and then when the granting program was phased out, switched to Wildlands Network, and now we Wilding Institute, but I'm still a great follower and fan of the Tompkins Conservation work, and I've had the opportunity to come down to Ibera for the first time in my life and see the work on the ground. I'm with my friends Sophia, Luli, and Sebastian, leaders of the Rewilding Argentina work, and we're going to have a little conversation for half an hour or so about what they're doing and why. Hello, I'm Sofia Heinonen from Argentina. Uh, our organization uh, in Argentina is called Conservation Land Trust. We are part of the Tompkin Conservation, um, and we are here working f- in rewilding for the last 15 years. Uh, it's one of, of our more challenging projects, and we are willing uh, in the future to uh, get into all the National Park Service systems and try to uh, show that we can re- recover the species that have been uh, extinct in the last 70 years here in Argentina. Hi, my name is uh, Luli Macera. I am I'm currently working on uh, strategy and development, um, looking for new partners to help us out in this rewilding project that we have in Argentina. Um, hello, I am Sebastián Di Martino. I am an Argentinian biologist, and I am actually coordinating the rewilding programs of CLT Argentina. We've been working hard in Ibera for the last uh, 10 years, and we're starting now to some projects in other parts of Argentina, mostly in the Chaco, in an impenetrable national park, and in two places of Patagonia, in the Patagonia National Park near the Andes, and also in the coast of uh, Patagonia in Chubut province. Wonderful. So I've I've been to I've been to maybe half of the Tompkins conservation project areas. I was lucky enough when I worked with Doug and Chris and oversaw their granting program, their North Amer- primarily North American Biodiversity and Wildlands Granting Program. Had the opportunity to come down to Chile and Argentina three or four times and saw many of the Patagonia Park projects, was thoroughly, thoroughly inspired by them. But, and that work has continued and accelerated. So before moving to Argentina, actually, would one of you, and I'm guessing, Sophia, you were probably most involved with this, but any of you, would you say something about the, the decree that Chris and the president of Chile recently reached 
to establish a bunch of new parks and protected areas. We'll, we'll focus mostly on Argentina, but I do want to say a little bit, or have you folks say a little bit about the work in Chile that has gone so heroically well. Yes, that was an impressive, I can say the most, the biggest land uh, donation in the world. No? Uh, the Tompkins have donated one million hectare in Chile, and that was uh, leveraged with three more million hectares. So it's, it's uh, the creation of eight national parks in one day, the 29th of January. So Chileans uh, national parks have increased in four million hectares. I think never in the world, uh, no one can say that have participate in create eight national parks in one day. Well, it's not one day, but it's, it's a work of, 25 years, but it, it happened in one day. That was incredible. We all were there, mm-hmm. and we couldn't believe it. It was, it was a really a big dream, and well, that it gave us now the ambition mm. to continue working for, for uh, making uh, this big, huge program of rewilding Chile and Argentina, and also continue enlarging the parks, no? Right. The work in the work in Chile continues even and as the work in Argentina expands. in both in both yes. country, and and we wanted not only to continue inland but in also in the sea, and we wanted also to create some marine parks, coastal parks, and as I say, uh, this is uh, also um, related to save the species and, and the biodiversity. Parks is a strategy, a legal strategy to preserve ecosystem, but the, the end of the, the story is rewilding all these places and having back the wildlife uh, in their current capacity mm-hmm. of these ecosystems. Very inspiring. And I want to say before we shift to species reintroductions, rewilding per se, these places saved in, in Patagonia and elsewhere in Chile are some of the most inspiring landscapes on Earth. I've traveled in many of the wilder parts of North America, and I will say these places in South America stand up to anything we can boast of in North America for just sheer beauty and wildness. So that was a, that was a great day uh, a little while ago when Chris Tompkins and the president of Chile declared these protected areas, and, and the three friends I'm with right now are, be, are behind that story as well as a, a whole team of cons- t- Tompkins conservation folks. So let's shift a little bit to the on-the-ground work you're doing here in Argentina. Sebastian, <laughs> why don't you tell us who are you restoring and why? And, and Sebastian's first language obviously is Spanish. His English is <laughs> infinitely better than my Spanish, but if he has any trouble... Luli okay, is an yeah, expert at both languages. In fact, yeah. her English is better than mine. Tell us about some of the animals you're restoring, and then I want to hear from all of you about the, yeah. the bigger picture yeah, as well. Yeah, he, here in Nevera, right now we are working with uh, six species. Well, actually seven. We started with uh, one bird species a short uh, time ago. What was uh, the bird? The, the bird is the red-legged seriema. It's a member of a family of birds that were related with ancient birds that went extinct, predator running birds. And the only family that survives lives in South America with only two species. One of them is the red legged seriema. But we started here in Iberá with the rewilding project, meaning that with rewilding reintroductions, the the narrow definition of of rewilding. 
Uh, we started with the giant anteaters uh, 12 years ago, mm -hmm. in almost 12 years ago in 2007. Uh, and then we continue with the pampas deer, another species uh, that went extinct in Niberal, like the giant anteater. And then uh, we continue, uh, we started with the pampas deer in 2009, and then in 2015, we finished building the breeding center of jaguars, the, the other species with which we are working, and we brought the first female to that breeding center. And that same year, in 2015, we started with the Colored Pecari reintroduction program and with the Red and Green Maco reintroduction project. And in 2016, uh, we started with the South American tapir or the lowland tapir uh, reintroduction project here. So those are the, the seven species with which we are working right now. Wonderful. And I'll, and I'll say quickly, we had the, um, the thrill of watching, what it was, the 1718 collared peccaries being yeah. freed. Uh -huh. yeah, uh, they yeah, had yeah. been rescued from a zoo, is that right? Yeah, exactly. And they yeah. were brought here to Ibarra, and yesterday you yeah. took down the took down the sides of, of the pen where they were being held, mm -hmm. and we all watched mm -hmm. with delight as they as they yeah. walked out into, into the free world. Yeah, yes. exactly. That was the last group that we released here in Ibarra. We have other groups in enclosures uh, doing the adaptation uh, to the new environment. But yeah, you, you watched uh, yesterday the, the last group we released here. And yes, those animals, they come from captivity. Uh, most of the animals that we work with, they come from, they are captive animals that they come from zoos or wildlife rescue centers. Only the pampas deer are wild animals that we translocate from one place to, to another, a place where they live in the wild to here to Iberá. Um, yeah, some, some, this is one of the things we want to start uh, changing. We want to work more with wild animals, translocation of wild animals, and not to be so dependent on animals that come from zoos or wildlife rescue centers. Right. But we have to make a lot of changes here in Argentina. Of uh, We have to do a lot of paperwork to change the, the rules for doing rewilding so that we are allowed to move more wild animals. And also we have to change the mind and the culture of many governmental organizations so that they allow us to continue to work in a more efficient way with wild animals translocations. Sebastian, will you say a little bit about the jaguar recovery effort? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have here in Ibera Park a very big breeding center for jaguars. The jaguars that we have in the breeding center, now there are uh, three females and two males that they came also from zoos and wildlife rescue center. The thing why we bring animals from captivity is that because rewilding in South America or in Latin America is something very new. No, no one is doing rewilding with so many species like we are doing here in, in Iberá. We have to change a, a lot of uh, rules and legal things uh, to, to start doing rewilding in a more efficient way, uh, working with wild animals. But so far, we've been working with animals from captivity. And uh, in the breeding center, 
what we want to do is to breed these uh, jaguars, uh, the jaguars that we already have, because they come from captivity, they cannot be released in the wild, because they are not afraid towards humans, they approach humans, but we will uh, breed them and we will raise the, the calves in special facilities, where very big facilities with the the environments that we have here, the natural environments that we have, we have here in Iberá. And there uh, they will grow the calves with no contact with humans, at least with no positive stimulus uh, from humans. So those are the ones that will be released in about two and a half years from now, because we already had one month and, one month and a half ago, the first uh, two calves born in the, in the breeding center. Those will be the first animals to be released in the, in the wild. So we, we expect to generate a first population of jaguars that will be anchored here in the heart of the Ibera uh, Park. Uh, those will be maybe from five to eight animals, something like that. And then we are planning to uh, translocate wild uh, jaguars. Once we have already an anchor population of, of jaguars that were produced uh, from captive animals. So you would probably work with a, a government in a country that has plenty of jaguars and then move a few here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because in Argentina there are only remaining 200 jaguars in the wild. So we cannot use the wild populations here in Argentina uh, to reintroduce uh, jaguars in Iberá. So uh, what we want to do is to bring animals from other countries like Paraguay or Brazil, where the populations are healthier than in Argentina. But also to do that, we have to do a lot of paperwork, engage the governments, the societies, the politicians, so we, we can finally achieve that. We're going to switch to water for a little bit here and mm -hmm. have we talk about marine protected areas, which is to some extent a new area of work for Tompkins Conservation. When I oversaw the North American Granting Program long ago, we had a wild waters sub-program within that biodiversity program where we made grants to groups working to save wild waters to free, you know, take down dams from rivers and protect coastal areas. But really the, the, the marine protected areas work I think is a new emphasis for Tompkins Conservation. And Luli, I know you've been charged with helping spearhead that effort. Would you say something about what the specific goals are? Yes, uh, this is a very new program. As you were saying, we started last year, like around March 2017. Um, and well, our first objective was to protect at least 10% of the Argentine Sea. The, the Argentine Sea has no strict protection. We had no marine protected areas. And national parks, that is the strongest conservation agency that we have in Argentina, didn't have any authority in the marine um, area. Uh, more than 30% of the Argentine territory is see and no one was looking at it not socially not politically not anything so one of our object objectives was to create awareness social and political awareness and our first step was for national parks to have some authority in the ocean so we achieved a decree where national parks became the authority to create and manage the marine protected areas that we wanted to create in the argentine sea and towards the end of the year, we introduced, a, well, we helped introduce a, a bill in Congress to create the two first marine protected areas in Argentina. They're in the southernmost part of the Argentine Sea. 
uh, and they protect 9% of the Argentine Sea, so we still have some more work to do. Of course, we want to protect more than 10, but that's our international objective, so it was our way of pushing the government uh, to fulfill that uh, objective. And between the two protected areas, we are protecting around 100,000 square kilometers. So these are huge, and they're mostly no-take. Not okay. not all of them, like not the whole of them, which was our initial objective, uh, but they're mostly no take. But this and is just one is called Jaganes. It's in the Drake Passage, and the interesting thing is it's right next to the Cabo de Hornos protected area that Chile just uh, created. So that's an opportunity to create connectivity between the two countries. And the other one is called uh, it's like in the Boardwood Bank, uh, which is. Uh, towards the east of of the southernmost part of Argentina, uh, and it expands a protected area that already existed. It's not strict, but it's there. Uh, and in the future, we want to create a corridor because these two areas are fairly close, mm -hmm. and we have the Chilean areas I was telling you. So there's a chance to create a huge corridor because that's uh, a place where lots of migratory mammals and bird species go through and uh, feed. It's a very productive part of the sea. Wonderful. So lots of work to be done there. Yeah. And, sorry, no, one no. last thing. We, now we're starting a project, uh, as Sofia was telling, that we want to start with marine rewilding. We are starting a project in the coast of Patagonia, uh, where we want to work on rewilding not only of the land, but also of the ocean, which is very new as well mm -hmm. for us and for everyone, I think. <laughs> So I remember about two decades ago, I guess, going to what became Monteleon hmm. National Park, because when I think they were buying land and imagining a park, but it, had, mm -hmm. it was a long way from happening. Yes. So is that near one of the marine protected areas, or is that a different it's, part of it? Is, it is in the middle of the coastal project that we have, like maybe 200 kilometers towards the south, okay. and then we have the marine that are further, further south. Okay. In the future... We want to create what we call the blue route mm. that would be a series of coastal protected areas and Monteleon would be one of the southernmost ones and the Patagonia Austral, the one we want to start working on, that we are starting working already, would be more on the north. Because Monteleon right now just it, 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 it uh, finishes right in the coastline. So we want so to expand that. Water, but yes, it doesn't go into it. It's just land. So we want to expand that 12 miles. That's the provincial waters. Mm -hmm. In fact, Chris says that she was inspired to protect the ocean in Monteleon when, she, when they stayed there with Doug. Mm. They would look at the ocean and see all of the fishing vessels. So then she thought she had to do something at some point about that. And the same, the same case is in Chile's side. The idea is to, to mirror what we have achieved in land and try to expand it into the sea. So the, the work there would be also enlarging the parks, actually the one we created this year, in January, and trying to expand so they can also protect the coast. So in both countries, Argentina and Chile, our mission will be creating a, a, a net of marine protected areas and, and try to, to really enlarge uh, the protection of wildlife. Yes, and stop thinking about national divisions. Just mm -hmm. it's a whole corridor that goes through the coast and through the ocean, where that lots of the same animals are using it. So we can't. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have to stop seeing things separate. It's a, we call it a bioceanic mm -hmm. strategy. <laughs>
and yeah. intercontinental. Intercontinental. Because, because it's between the Antarctica and the South America. Yeah, right. So we are just in the, the cross point. Center of the world. <laughs> <laughs> between the two continents and the two oceans. Sophia and all of you, but especially Sophia, because I know you've been working on this for a long time. Say something about what a rewilding of southern South America might look like. I think all of us here, and probably most of the listeners, know about this half-Earth idea, where basically E.O. Wilson and a bunch of conservation biologists agree if we are to actually save life on Earth, save most remaining species, we have to protect at least half of the lands and waters of the planet in a truly wild state, and then steward the rest, most of the rest very carefully. What would that look like in Argentina and Chile? Well, we, we, we are willing to create as much national parks as, as we, we can, uh, but national parks, we know that it's a legal strategy. But, uh, so it's not only about creating national parks, but trying to bring back all the species, at least to Argentina and Chile, that is where our team is more strong. And we have, uh, during 25 years, work with the governments to, to bring um, the idea that we cannot think in long-term economic uh, development for communities and, and well-being of the people if we don't have a full nature. So we are really working uh, with the idea of we need to bring back uh, the species that were extirpated in our countries and also uh, enlarge the numbers of the ones that they are there, but we need it in a, in a high numbers. And so we think that we really want to go for half Argentina and Chile in the sense, not only of national parks, but uh, bringing back the ecosystem, the, the richness and the full nature. So we are proponing uh, a vision that we call it Extinction Zero, just mm. stop extinction and bring back all the species in the large numbers and try to change the idea of economics, uh, uh, region, ecolocalism, <laughs> and, and based on full nature. So um, that is uh, that the local people uh, and communities can feel proud that they live in a place where nature is, is complete, it have all the species, and they can be proud to be part of that healthy ecosystems, and and they want to and they choose to live there in those places, and and we think think that that can happen because we have the the model of Ibera. Mm -hmm. People here they are really uh, proud of what we can we made all together because it's not only about Tompkins conservation, but really the government and the local communities and the mayors are all really into Ibera Park and they feel it that there's a good idea for the nation. We bring the president here, we bring the, the governors of the other provinces and now they're thinking that National Park is not only for conservation but it's for uh, a, an economy tool uh, for the well-being of communities. If you want that people stay in the country stay have a healthy community and they want to face the future in an optimistic way we need to recover the wildlife and, and recover the the whole ecosystem splendid and i've been 
lucky to have a week so far and a little more time ahead with you three and my traveling friends. And we, you've shown us three thoroughly inspiring areas already. And one was Iguazu National Park and surrounding, then El Impenetrable. In the Chaco Nash, region. In the Chaco region and now Ibra. So could you say a little bit more about each of those places and how you'll implement protection on the ground, especially the first two, you've talked a bit about it. Yes, and we have a vision that we can reply the model we, we have been working here in the wetlands in Iberá. Uh, we, we, we are willing to do it in, in the Atlantic forest in Iwasu, near, there is a national park already, but it's a tiny national park, we need to enlarge it and we need to bring back all the species that have been extinct there. And also, we, we are willing to do the same thing in the cloud, cloudy mountains of mm -hmm. Salta province near mm -hmm. Bolivia. Uh, so we have the four subtropic ecosystems, the Atlantic forest, the Chaco region, uh, dry and, and humid, and the mm -hmm. cloudy forest. Mm -hmm. And also, we want to do that in the Patagonia, mm -hmm. in the marine side, and in the, the Andes. Um, with that, we think that the model could be really seen as an opportunity in other countries, in the neighbor's country, and help uh, not only to in, help not only to the governments of Chile, Argentina, but uh, to the rest of South America. No? Yeah. I just want, sorry, I just want to add something, uh, because we have the map in our mind, but all yeah. the places that Sofia is talking about uh, create corridors. So the places you were mentioning creates a northern corridor, then we are thinking about a corridor through the Andes and a corridor through the coast. Right, so the Iguazu, El Impenetrable and Ibera form a corridor. And Salta. And Salta. So that you didn't yeah. see yes. it, but it's yes. in our vision. Yeah. Yes, they form a corridor. It's yeah. a subtropical corridor, mm -hmm. <laughs> we call it. And the other is in Patagonia. It's through the Andes between Chile and Argentina, mm -hmm. through the... Pacific coast, the Atlantic coast, and we are willing to create what is could be a peace park, a bioceanic peace park between both in the Beagle Channel and the Drake mm. Passage. Passage. So yeah. three three grand wildways in a sense. Mm -hmm. You could say a subtropical wildway or wildlife yes. course, mm -hmm. an Andean and wildway or wildlife course, and then a bioceanic and a Patagonic coast. And Patagonia. <laughs> <laughs> we need to dream. We need to dream. These are, yes, long-term <laughs> dreams. <laughs> and yet you're far, so much farther along than, than when I worked for Doug and Chris. The, the amount of additional land protection, it's just uh, uh, hard to believe how much more yeah. has happened in the last mm. yeah. 20 years. Mm -hmm. Really, really inspiring. No, the mm -hmm. 25 years of Doug and Chris pushing all these national parks they it, it become for us for for the next generation and, and argentines and chileans are really an inspiration and we need to to go uh, became a legacy as well and continue the work they they have been doing all these years he, here no and we know we can we, we need to just dream big <laughs> so to finish why doesn't each of you just say a few words about how listeners can help. If you have any thoughts on how anybody listening to this mm -hmm. might help specifically with your work or might help more generally with Rewilding. Just a few thoughts about when she starts, Sophia, and, and well, feel free to make a pitch for your specific project if you want. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, we are. We know that we are very far away of the center of the economic and political uh, globalized world because we are in the, in the tip of the South America. But we think that as we are, a country, both countries, Argentina and Chile, are very pacific, peaceful mm -hmm. countries, and we have a huge landscape and and very. Uh, large countries, so we, we go from the subtropics to the Antarctica, uh, and, and we can have a lot of opportunities to prove that we can uh, really recover the uh, species, and we can change this idea of that everything is collapsing, <laughs> and if we work hard, we can bring back species from ex from that were extirpated in um, things can be really seen as a new opportunity. We know that the, the world will change a lot in the next 50 years. Climate change is, is there. So we need to think that restoration and rewilding will be the, really the work of the future. So we think that what we can do here, it's not only for Argentina and Chile, but it's, it's a tool that can help the rest of the countries to have faith uh, in humankind and that we can change what we have made wrong and we can really work hard to share the well with other creatures you know so we we invite <laughs> to come here and see the work and, and see uh, how we can go together uh, with the rest of the organization that are thinking of rewilding as as an important uh, work to be done. Beautifully said, and, 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 and listeners should be aware that you can stay in wonderfully comfortable, beautiful accommodations here <laughs> in Madra. I would guess that yes. will soon be the case in the dry Chaco, at, in Penetrable. In, in a few months, <laughs> we, are, we are working on the construction, construction of a glamping there. Mm -hmm. We know it's, um, it's an excellent place. We have this huge river called Bermejo, that joins the Atlantic forest with the, mon the cloudy mountains, and so the biodiversity there is especially high. And, and we invite, yes, the people to come. We want to make a summit of rewilding here mm -hmm. in the future and share experience with, with people, good teams all over the world, and, and especially in Africa. We know that they have really excellent experience of restoration there. Uh, North America with the wolf. And, well, we have had a lot of things to learn mm -hmm. from others. Well, um, as Sofia was saying, I, th I think one of the first uh, steps to, to help out is to come here and, and be really inspired. I think it's really inspiring to listen to the whole story or to read about it. But once you're here, I think it's when uh, you can really understand the scope of what we're doing and the possibility of really changing things, not only like rewilding is also a tool to to change uh, local economies and, and transform, like bring well-being to to the areas where we are, where we work on. And if I may interrupt, yes. Really just so listeners know, here can mean Ibarra, it can mean Patagonia National Park, Impenetrable, Impenetrable, and the Vincon, a yes. bunch of parks where you have nice places for people to stay from glamping. Exactly, and 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 the future projects that might come as well. So we invite every, anyone that wants to 
become a partner uh, from big donations to, to small donations everything is really welcome uh, this we are a very energetic team uh, <laughs> you know that you saw us uh, but this this is a very very big work and it demands lots of resources um, at first we it was comfortable for us because we had our godfather and creator of this whole vision which was Doug uh, but now everything has changed and we really rely on on other partners that might be inspired by what we are doing. Uh, so John here is saying that our contacts will be accompanying this podcast, so feel free to contact us. There will be information about how specifically you can help at rewilding.org, rewilding Earth, as usual. Uh, donors, of course, are welcome here because without that we, we do not survive. We cannot do all the projects that we have in mind and that we are already working in. But... Uh, as Sofia said also, we uh, very appreciate uh, people that are working in other places in rewilding projects to come here to visit us because everything we are doing is new. So we learn in the process and it's very nice to learn from others who are doing similar things and exchange experiences. Uh, we also like to be visited here by politicians and decision makers who can be inspired here and do similar things in other parts of the country or in other parts of the world. And also journalists uh, that can write about the, the project or photographers and video makers that can record what we are doing. I think as you saw in, in these days, the, the projects here are nice. <laughs> there are nice stories about conservations, about animals uh, becoming free and rehabilitating those, those animals, recovering the, the landscape. So uh, we, we think uh, we are very happy to be in a place that can inspire others to do similar things or to help us in continuing doing what we've been doing for the last 10 years in rewilding and 25 years in conservation. Splendid. And I want to close by thanking you three for giving me one of the best trips, one of the most inspiring experiences of, of my life. I cannot recommend too much to anybody who's following Rewilding Earth. Come down and see these parks in Chile and Argentina. They are glorious places and the work is truly heroic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank John. You. Thanks for listening to the Rewilding Earth podcast. Be sure to visit rewilding.org to subscribe so you don't miss past and future episodes. And while you're there, please consider supporting Rewilding by making a donation or subscribing to the Rewilding Earth newsletter.